The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. There's a serial killer out there who strangled three women. He's going to do it again. Would you work with us on this? You're kidding, right? Sigourney Weaver, Holly Hunter, and Harry Connick Jr. in a deadly game of cat and mouse. Welcome to the Connick of it all, the show where we talk about (laughs) Harry Connick Jr.'s film catalog. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Joe Bolenbaugh, and with us today is a very special guest, my former college roommate and Iceland's big brother, Tobin Addington. Tobin, hi. Hi there. I'm so uh, honored to be a guest on this show. I've been uh, I've been such a fan for so long. Well, thank you. We've been meaning to have you on since the very beginning. We are just as thrilled as you are. Believe me. Now that I know who Harry Connick, Harry Connick Jr. is, I am I'm excited. Now come on, <laughs> he is an American treasure. Treasure that may be true. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate everyone yes ending the bit, but just in case this is your first <laughs> your first uh, foray with us, welcome to the contenders. The show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Aislinn Addington. And I'm Tobin Addington. And with us is co-host of The Conic of It All, Joe Bolenbaugh. Hi, Joe. Hey, How are you doing? everyone. Thank you for having me. Thank you Thanks so much for coming back. Absolutely. My pleasure. You were a, a um, fan favorite. And a lot of requests came in to have you back on the show. And wow. so, we, yeah, so we thought we'd have you on for our anniversary show. This is our oh, one year. Town. I don't even get you guys anything. <laughs> <laughs> Your presence is gift enough. Oh, boy. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. And we have had returning guests before, but True. we have um, this is the quickest turnaround of guests coming back so that's that's your number one for that but i did step on tobin's moment though um yes this is our one-year anniversary we've done this for one year it's kind of crazy isn't it it is time flies (laughs) time flies and here we are on our one-year anniversary uh talking about this movie i what movie are we talking about today (laughs) well let me tell you something last night i watched all two hours and three minutes of oh. Copycat from 1995. Um, oh, it was the 1995 Copycat? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yes, of course. Um, it had some highs and some lows, and we'll get into that. But in the meantime, I'm interested in um, if other fo- if you two had seen this before or how you became aware of Copycat. Joe, how about you? I I feel like I have seen it before, but so much of it was forgotten and forgettable <laughs> and not memorable and another way to say uh, how <laughs> lame of a movie this was. I, I remember it. Like, I remember it being advertised and, and posters at the movie theater and all of that, but I had 
no prior attachment to this movie. And if I had seen it before, it is completely erased from my memory. This was not one we rented out, I don't think. I I Uh, can't imagine either of us owning this movie. I I had never seen it before. Okay, come on now. Your collections were not cultivated in such a way in the 90s. No, 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 no. no. But this this was not. (laughs) This didn't seem up up either of our alleys. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Except for Holly Hunter. I mean, but other than that. Yeah. Wow. I I had not uh, I had not seen it, but I knew the poster, and I I, f- yeah I, f- I have a like I was very familiar with the idea of this movie, and I I'd always mm-hmm. thought oh that's that bad movie with those good actors in it. I wonder what that's all about, <laughs> and so I too saw it for the first time this week, and I kind of love this movie. <laughs> oh man, that's my well, hot take. Is I kind of love this movie. All right, uh, we'll get, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, do we have to though? We-, <laughs> we could just talk about other stuff for an hour if you want. Let's. I mean, I could also talk for an hour about Harry's performance, but um, I agree. I don't think either you know either of you had this in your um, VHS catalog, but something that we owned, Tobin, did mm-hmm. have a preview for it because oh, I've seen okay. the trailer for it in like grainy VHS many many uh-huh. times. And and I yeah I don't know. Interesting. It's it's a little huh. bit odd to me that we didn't pick it up at some point. If I think back through some of the yeah some of the steamers the that yeah. we uh, picked <laughs> up at, at Finkies, the local um, you know gas station video gas store. station slash yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was but I so I was um, there were certain shots of it like the in the opening. Um, when she's giving the lecture and and she sees him in the audience, um, mm-hmm. the, the sees 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 the conic, um, that was very familiar to me. But I had not seen the whole thing, and I was I got I was surprised by Dermot. I was so pleasantly surprised. I love a little mm-hmm. Dermot our in my life. Our second Dermot. Yes, or your, our second Mulroney. Wait. Dylan McDermott. Yeah, I got it. I <laughs> yes. got confused. I, I lost the Everyone game. Does. Dylan McDermott or Dermot McDowell? Dermot Mulroney. I'm going to just leave now. <laughs> I'm done. It's been a year. Dermot and McDonald. I'm sure this is already a podcast, but if not, I think there's something with Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott. Well, the, there the is an SNL of... sketch. I encourage you to yeah. look up yeah. it's a game show. Dylan McDermott or Dermot Roney. Hello and welcome to America's most difficult game show. We show contestants a picture and they have to tell us who it is. That's right, it's time for... Just a reminder to you at home, no one has ever won this game. Have they ever been in a movie together? You know, like in Heat, when everyone was excited that Al Pacino and Robert De Niro were finally acting together? I'm sure there's a group of us, myself included, that have been asking for it, consciously or subconsciously. A long time. Well, let's you know that now that we have the power of Twitter, let's um, let's make that happen. That'll be the next, um, a, a, I think, a platform for the conic of it all in 2019 to really push um, push the fans to launch a campaign. I'm I'm glad we have um, okay. a goal. 
Hey, Tobin. Well, and let's be honest, the, the Harry Connick Jr. podcast is not going to last longer than four or five episodes <laughs> before we run out of movies that he's been in. Not at all. Are you kidding me? He's been in 20-some. No. Yes. You know I mean? Iceland, I, no. Tobin, please give us your two bits of film history while I count his IMDb film credits. I'm looking at it right now, so know that neither of us are listening to you. <laughs> I'm used to that on both sides. Uh, the, the, two very small uh, bits, because there's not a lot written about this movie. Um, one is that in the original script, no surprise, Inspector MJ Monaghan, who's played by Harley Hunter, was written as a man. Uh, and there was a romantic sub- subplot between that character and the Sigourney Weaver character, Dr. Hudson. Uh, and the other thing is just that they shot on, on location in San Francisco. <laughs> That's kind of all that you can find about this movie. So uh, now I'm excited to hear how many episodes of, of the conic of it all we're going to get to listen to. I count okay, 19 well, are we, are we, if you don't count right. TV. Right. If you don't count TV. Or okay, shorts. 19 episodes. Independence Day, sure. Hope Floats, obviously. Obviously. His masterpiece. Is, is he in the Iron Giant? Is he a voice he in the Iron Giant? He is a voice in the Iron okay, Giant. Yeah, that's cool. I would like to be on that one too. He was in a um, Renee Zellweger uh, vehicle, um, new in town, where you know, oh, and wow. an up- I have no memory of that. Gal has to move to, you know, um, nowhere Minnesota in the winter and save a cheese factory or something. I think, um, <laughs> this sounds amazing. I think, um, Jake Simmons is in it as well. The cheese factory. I, I would. And just because, just to bring it back to this podcast we're currently doing and our amazing fans, I went to new in town in the theater with, um, friend of the pod, Sean Flynn. Oh, wow. All right. One of our, one of our, a, a member of our, Patreon community. So maybe Sean should be the guest on. Well, no, I mean, Tobin called it ahead of time. Sean's going to have to. No, get I, in line. Iron Giant. I want to be on the Iron Giant. I don't want to be on the Cheese Excess Factory. Baggage? Movie. Yes, okay. please. What's uh, the people are now fighting to be on our, our fake podcast? This is, we're doing great. This is no work at all. This is. I would have started this a long time ago had I known how easy it was. <laughs> How do you think we got into it? <laughs> Island, speaking of of actors, could you take us through the ladies in charge, women involved in major roles in Copycat? Absolutely. The women in charge for Copycat. Co-writer Anne Biderman. Actors. I mean, I want to say like super actors. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. Top shelf actors. Yes. Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter. Now, that's not a lot of ladies in charge in this movie. It's not. No. But I I, I do want to say one quick thing, because this this is what I think maybe turned my view of this movie, is that I know Anne Biderman's – I don't know if it's Biderman or Bitterman, but let's say Biderman. Anne Biderman's work as a writer, she – among other things, created the show Southland about the LA cops. Um, okay, that ran on a ran for I think five or six seasons. That was uh, recommended to me by a producer once. Um, that said, you have to see the show, and uh, so I started watching the show. And it was so it's sort of like a, a street level cops in LA. So you're not with, you know, you're not anywhere above like the the beat cops. And it was so intense because these 
the whole premise was these like you never they never knew what the call was going to be and the call could be you know something really terrible or it could be something kind of funny and you know sort of flop back and forth you just never knew and i i found it so intense i could only watch part of the first season and i, I never i could never go back to it um and then she created the show ray donovan uh with liev schreiber that i i've not seen um <laughs> but the idea that um she has a she's creating a body of work of in with sort of in a lot of intense characters in it and um, you know, running TV shows uh, you know, at, at, as before there were maybe quite so many women who were in charge of, of TV. Anyway, I, that was my first indication that there might be something here worth, uh, worth paying more attention to. Hmm. I'll see. We'll see if anyone agrees. With me. <laughs> how, did, how did that uh, pay off for you? <laughs> 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 oh, uh, let's dear. tell the people what this <laughs> What this crazy little little number is Gem. about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sigourney Weaver plays Dr. Helen Hudson, an expert on serial murderers who once survived an attempt on her life by a wackadoo killer named Daryl Lee Cullum, played by that guy. That guy who's a musician, who does that Cajun now jazz stuff. He has that Christmas album where he scats. It'll come to me. Anyway, when another killer turns up in San Francisco, a serial killer turns up in San Francisco, inspectors MJ Monahan, played by Holly Hunter, and Reuben Getz, played by a baby-faced Dermot Mulroney, are stumped until Dr. Hudson, now a housebound agoraphobe, figures out that the killer's a copycat mimicking the style of famous serial killers. Plus, he might be hunting her. The cat and mouse game es- escalates as Dr. Hudson helps the police racing to stop the killer before he can strike again. And then we learn at the very end that Daryl Lee Cullum may have orchestrated the whole thing, question mark. And that's the end of the movie. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. We are treated to some mid nineties internet in this movie. Oh, wow. Which I always yeah. love. No, wait, you love that ironically or you love that really? I mean, you, you know, it's well documented, my love for hackers. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> so like hackers, the net, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be that she's, right. but it that does lead me to actually the, the first, not the first scene. So the first scene is the, the, um, as Tobin described the attempt on her life by the wackadoo Daryl Lee Cullum. She's giving a lecture right. about serial killers. For, for what reason? <laughs> because her she, job? he, she, she put him away. She got right, him. Right, 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 right. She was in court. I, okay, that's right. I remember. We don't learn until later, though, so it makes no sense in 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 that in the opening bit. Yeah, there's a right. lot of connections that don't unfold in a way that helps the audience understand. In my <laughs> that's a very polite opinion. way to say it. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's just I I sort of I sort of feel like there's three movies. Hmm superimposed mm-hmm. on each other or like three pieces of you know cellophane or something that's too close to the radiator and so they got melted together mm-hmm. and then you're like oh this is one thing but really it's not and i think yeah. one of those i think one of those works really well and i, I think that the I other agree. two are much much less successful one of them being pretty terrible but we'll get we'll get there we'll get there um i just want to pet peeve it from the beginning is that so this terrible, traumatic thing happens to her. We don't know how she gets out of it. We don't know. Right. Like the next, you know, it cuts to her in her very sh- fancy schmancy apartment, um, you know, a very upset um, 
seems middle of the night. She's, um, you know, panicking, goes to her computer and says, is anyone there? I need to talk. And then immediately gets up and walks away. (laughs) (laughs) And that whole thing, the whole like chat room support network never comes into play. Nothing happens with all of those people. She's, it's just, it it was so bizarre. I thought, you know, someone was going to pop up and, and be the, killer or someone would see her on a webcam getting strangled or whatever and and call it in from her her network of fellow Mm -hmm. you know agoraphobes but that never happened nothing ever happened with any of that she played chess with somebody and that was it or she had switched to you know maybe studying trauma and support and these were you know she was writing a book. These were her sub, you know, subjects or her participants. But no, she right. said, I want to talk, then one upped the person and then walked away. And I thought, that's <laughs> like, don't be the asshole in the in the chat room, lady. Right. I don't know. I feel like she is the asshole in the chat room. And that she that's is. like she's that's, the asshole in every room. I mean, yeah, she was uh that's part of her charm. <laughs> so at what point, I feel like that was part of everyone's charm in this movie. <laughs> um, okay, we see uh, – we don't see very much Harry Connick Jr. in this. He's, no. he's at the no. beginning. He's um, on a video call midway through, and then, um, and then we do see him at the end as Tobin um, revealed in, in the summary – so at what point do we get to talk about him and the work that he did here? We like, should do that now. Should we, we should get out of the way. May as well get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so my first note is that, you know, the hair and teeth work. Awful. What he's doing is really something, <laughs> really something in this film. But for, for real, though, like what, what do you think of his performance as wackadoo serial killer? Uh, I mean, this could have been anybody, (laughs) any sort of, I mean, she says it at the beginning, you know, she makes all the white males in her classroom stand up and said, anyone here can be a serial killer. Uh, Yeah, there was nothing that that conic essence really Mm -hmm. wasn't there for me in this movie. I feel like, eh, okay, that I mean, that could have been anybody, in my opinion. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just me. No, it feels really generic in that way. Like it, 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 and, and kind of, I, well, my memory is that in the trailer, they played up his part in this movie. Yes, yeah. I agree. That, that it was, isn't he, he's, he, you know, he's, I remember him being third build on the poster. I don't know if that's true, but that I, that he was a real part of the, of the thing. And that the fact that he was, it was kind of shocking on the other hand, because he had nothing to do and because his stuff kind of made no sense. And because it was my least favorite part of this movie, I didn't really care that we didn't see, didn't see any more of him. I do think it was kind of interesting that they did use the video, the video chat thing where he's, he, they can see him. He, the Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver can see him, but he can't see them, but they're, they're, he can hear them and they're talking back right. and forth. I thought that was kind of a cool, that's a cool idea. This and, and, and a way to sort of use the sort of uh, burgeoning internet in a way that would, would probably have been more cool at the time and, and more, maybe more unusual to, to audiences. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's wasted here in a part that probably shouldn't even have been in the movie as, as much. <laughs> well, as there is that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would have been a great, um, uh, 
uh, the other um, cop, the other inspector, yeah. Nico, Nicoletti. I think oh, he would yeah. have done With great in that. Character. You could switch those two. Absolutely. Um, oh, that'd be great. That, I mean, yeah. I don't want to do that to that guy. I think he's he's great. I've I feel like he's um, uh, been in a lot of ensemble things and done really well. You know, I recognize him right away. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But in yeah, any he's case, a, hey, it's that guy. Exactly. Thank you for indulging me. I just wanted to talk through the conic a little bit. Um, I was also, you know, disappointed. I I thought he would be more of it. Um, I am glad I didn't. He only did one gruesome thing that I saw just because mm-hmm. he is such a treasure in my mind. It would be hard to um, clutter that with a lot of violent debris. Um, and you're referring to, of course, him licking the envelope at the end of the movie. <laughs> and, then, and then staring off camera. For 90 seconds, yeah. he yeah. licks yeah. an envelope. Oh, oh, that was so awful. It was disgusting. Um, and I, it feel been- like, I feel like, Aislinn, this is our punishment for last episode <laughs> for derailing it so far down the Harry Connick Jr. route that, that Tobin said, okay, you guys want Harry Connick Jr.? Here he is. Now, I do have a serious question, though, and then we can move on from the conic of it all. All right. Okay. Is he doing an earnest impression at any point? (laughs) Oh, like like Ernest Ernest goes goes to jail? Yeah. (laughs) I got a real strong Ernest goes to jail vibe from him. Like if Ernest was a pervert. Yeah. For sure. Well, wasn't he? I mean, did Jim Varney turn down this movie and Harry Connick Jr. accepted? Now imagine that version of this movie. That and- is terrifying. <laughs> he would have, he would have done something really special with that last scene. Absolutely. With that last image. I, I do think that that's, it's such a, it's such a um, wrong move. That last shot, like a, the whole Ugh. thing, like, in addition to the aesthetics of it, which are which are awful, but like the point of it, it just makes no. I think we're supposed to go, ooh, he's going to get her someday, and right. it just. I, I was so also, it was yeah. tiresome by that point. I felt like obviously she's not going to send him panties, and at this point, because he's implicated in this in such a way, they have to be reading his letters. Don't they? I mean, there's. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I for just, sure. I just for didn't sure. believe yeah. it. I I believe that he believes it. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, I just don't. I didn't believe she was in any danger. Although I do think it is time for her to move, like hard move, <laughs> like make them resist. Is so nice though, or prog, yeah. yeah. you know, like just get prog. Yes, well, because she has the <laughs> chat rooms now, so she could go anywhere, right? Oh yeah, there you go. Well, and I wasn't sure if yeah, that's true. We don't. Um, what? Where do we leave it with well, her? And when you said it was shot in San Francisco. Yeah. Sorry, Iceland. Go no, ahead. Not at all. Nothing. I just couldn't remember the if she if we saw her after the rooftop. Oh, I guess we're supposed to think that she's cured because she went outside. <laughs> yes, I, think I don't that's, know. That's I mean, how it works. I hope that yes, she. Exactly. I, I sincerely hope that she went to some intensive treatment because of all the all the trauma she's been through, and I I don't um I don't know. That she was misusing medication at all, but there was a lot of medication and alcohol mixing. And so I just mm-hmm. hope that, right. that yep. she, yep. after this, went somewhere to really cleanse the palate, if you will, and um, and work through some of this stuff well, because a lot happened to her. 
when we make the sequel, she will be coming out of her recent stint in treatment of some kind or another. Oh, wow. And then they'll make her go to another planet. She's been in treatment for 20 years. (laughs) Well, I mean, off and on. (laughs) Okay. Okay, off and on. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. Oh, in the sequel, she's afraid to go inside. How about that? <laughs> yes, I love it. I How love it. How about that? Get Ann Bitterman on the phone right this minute. Um, was this meant to be Holly Hunter's Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's what this is. That's the reason this movie gets made. It's everybody's trying yeah. to make a Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. That's, I, fe- I felt that. So, Joe, as a Holly Hunter aficionado, sure. what, did you, what did you think of Holly Hunter in this movie? Well, she's always fantastic. I don't know if hard-boiled police detective is... I don't know that I would pick Holly Hunter first, if that's who I was <laughs> casting. Um, you, oh gosh, you know, it's, I watched this two nights ago, and I'm having trouble remembering <laughs> much of what happened in that movie. I liked her. She's great, of course. And it was an interesting take on, you know, the sort of hard-ass, hard-scrabble detective. Mm-hmm. But, geez, Louise. I mean, I, this movie, if it weren't for the two of them, I mean, what is what is stopping this movie from being a Lifetime original or Hallmark after dark scary thriller? I mean, Wow. <laughs> And I think wow. that's that to me is the so the my read on this movie is that it is it's pretty well like the script is much better than the directing of this movie. Like it's directed like it is a lifetime movie, mm-hmm. like a bad, like a nineties lifetime movie, yeah. serial killer movie, with like canted angles and the scary music when the scares are coming, and like there's there's no there's no artistry to the way the movie is made. And it plays up a lot of the sort of cheap schlocky stuff which which is why that the opening scene where she where Sigourney Weaver where Dr. Hudson is almost killed by um by the by Column is it's just so it makes no sense it's just it feels sensational sort of for sensational sake like it's not really I, I don't know what it's trying I'm supposed to be learning from it there's, there's just, I'm not getting anything sort of like it's not elevating anything. Whereas their performances, I think Holly Hunter is so good in this. I think that she's, that she's like these little choices that she makes and the way she brushes off the, 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 you know, guys and the deals with all of them and, and handles herself. And I I just think it's without having to be sort of tortured, you know, like she's not like the, the tortured PI in like a noir movie, but she, it's a, it's a whole kind of other thing that I, I found kind of refreshing here. Aislinn, what about you? Yeah, I, I did really, really like her. Um, I, yeah, I don't know that it matched, but it, you know, with my, I guess, idea of of a Holly Hunter movie. But it, it, it I never thought she was in the wrong place. Like, I, I did think it was interesting. Um, and, and once I got the kind of Silence the Lambs bit in my head, then I kind of went with that. But I, I loved it when they were together. Um, mm-hmm. I loved their when they were in the same scene and and when their characters were working together. I I thought they were a great um, team that way. And I think you're right to when she does um, carry herself uh, in a very confident but without mm, confident but not center of attention kind of way that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
that I think would have been, there's a lot of things that would have been different, of course, if her character was a dude, but I think that would have been different. Mm. There's, um, you know, she has confidence, but she, it's not the, it's not a uh, brash or, you know, the, I don't know, arrogant cop thing. Yeah. Um, and she right. handles, I mean, she has to deal with, um, is it their Sergeant Quinn? Who's such the Lieutenant. Yeah. Lieutenant is yeah. so terrible. And I wrote down one of his lines. Is that the woman who got the cop killed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, it infuriated me because to me, that's just one example of something that happens constantly where we blame women for men being violent. Mm-hmm. Right. That had not scorning. Mm-hmm. We were yeah, didn't get yeah, a cop. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And that's, you know, Obviously, I'm sensitive to those things, but um, but so she um, figures out her character, Hollander's character, figures out how to do her job despite him, despite yes, um, Inspector Nico and their b- backstory, which was also confusing to me. Um, Very confusing. And mm-hmm. then was the dirt was was Hunter and Mulroney supposed to be like a, um, you know, f- Fox and and Scully, wait, Mulder and Scully. Oh, careful yes. now. Oh, yes, oh. careful now. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Is it supposed to be that what we have tension, but what does it all mean? Because I didn't understand their yes, relationship I think, either. I didn't get that either. I thought that they were dating and trying to keep things professional. And then the ex-boyfriend guy was sort of needling both of them. But then Dermot Mulroney is is flirting with Sigourney Weaver when he stays the night at her place. But but then he doesn't flirt with her. And yeah, he I don't know. He was very all over the place as far as his intentions. It's it's so true. If this is why I mean, it feels like it's a movie that wasn't directed. Like they everybody's kind of acting. They're having to make their own choices to make their own like to make uh-huh. it make sense for themselves. So they're not. No one's in the scene saying, let's figure out what this actually means, what this backstory is. And so it leaves us, it leaves them sort of, I I felt for them as they kind of flounder in this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Joe, you're, you're an actor. Is that, did you, did you, do you, did you sense that at all? That they like, didn't have, no one was there to sort of guide them. And that's what, that's how I read it. I, yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense. And I feel like, I, they clearly didn't have a conversation about what movie they were making. I think Sigourney <laughs> yeah. Weaver is in one movie where she's shooting for the moon, and then Holly Hunter's sort of whispering her way through this this uh, cat and mouse game, and Dermot Mulroney is in some love triangle <laughs> of his own yeah. devising, and then he is suddenly gruesomely murdered by a, right. a random gang of, of Asian criminals who are all in the, in the, in the what is it called, police station all together for no reason. Okay, so um, I, Who the hell were those guys? Yeah, what? can we talk about that for a second? So I get that the kind of compounding tragedy there is that Obviously, Dermot Mulroney is killed, um, and Holly Hunter was his partner, and whatever else. Like, so that is terrible. And then it also means that they missed the drop with the guy, with the serial killer, but likely mm-hmm. that was a sham anyway, because we got that information from the serial killer who was putting him up to it <laughs> all along. So, 
even when I figured out the connections, my question is the same as it was when I was first watching it, which was, why is this 20 minutes of my life happening? Like, why am I in this place? Again, it felt like a bunch of different things. And and one of them that came up for me was I felt like, because at first I was like, this movie is gross. I'm upset that I'm watching it. But then I reminded myself (laughs) of how much Law and Order (laughs) Of all the various iterations uh-huh. that I've watched. Uh, and it's not okay. that different than some of that. It's just that they can show yeah. more. And so then I was like, okay, yeah. so mm-hmm. we're in three to five episodes of Law and Order all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like whatever the, um, you know, uh, magically came to life typewriter that ty- <laughs> that creates Law and Order scripts, <laughs> like <laughs> went in overdrive and and vomited out like five in a row. And that's <laughs> what this movie is. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, this is, so the, here's what I think might've happened. This is pure conjecture now is that, so Anne Biderman writes this script for this movie about this. And she had written the, the Monaghan character as a man. Um, uh, and then switch, they switch it to a woman and then the director comes on and brings on this guy, David Madsen, who's also credited as a writer on the movie to do the rewrites. And they sit down together and sort of do a, do another pass on the movie, which is where I think this is, again, I'm just pure speculation where all of this sort of the sensational stuff gets shoved into the movie as a way, which including the ridiculousness of Dermot Maroney's death, which does not seem connected to anything. There's one, like um, there's one, like uh, a thing where the, the, he says something about he's getting, he, he he gets sent to Chinatown. Like he has, this is like, he has to go work in a different precinct or something. Well, I feel like there was a case like Nico is working on a case in Chinatown. Oh, that, that's that's right. That's who's, so he's going to work on this, yeah. which which is I, which to me reads as a this as a director saying I want to I want to reference Chinatown like the you know Roman Polanski movie and like throws that like I, it didn't feel connected to what's going on in the rest of the movie. It felt like something kind of woven through by somebody else coming along at at a, at a sort of director's behest for reasons of you know that I can't I can't quite explain because it makes no sense and it doesn't it doesn't match to anything despite their attempts to make it you know have something to do with her you know the fact she's a really good shot and she has this conversation with him at the beginning where she says you shoot their arm of the of the right, person with right. the, you know it was like, a very sort it, of speed conversation shoot the hostage yes yes right right but it does it doesn't it doesn't it just it doesn't work it doesn't work yeah the, so i mean to go back there's a whole law and order episode that takes place in the chinatown precinct that we only see the tail end of right, is, is, right. yeah exactly <laughs> right right Right. Um, speaking of the sensationalism of it all, can I lodge a couple complaints there as well? Yes, and then I'm going to tell you my favorite scene. Oh, and then my oh, favorite do scene. Oh, you do that first? No, 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 because you we're, that we want to add the yeah the sweet after the after the sour. So right, okay, spoonful of sugar. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, the, and this may come up again in the end in in terms of what works and what different what doesn't and 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 where I land on the final judgment. But um, I don't know that you need to show uh, sexualized crime scene photos over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying, uh, I feel like I, um, and I don't know, you know, perceived or real that I'm, you know, accused of 
wanting it to be something else or whatever. It's it's not that. I just feel like there are better ways to do that without objectifying victims. 100%. In the way that they were over and over. And it's also, to me, very 90s and very um, slick, sexy thriller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, I get the generation it's coming out of, but watching it now – that all felt very unnecessary. I understood what was going on. And also just the, um, uh, I understand the movie is not pro serial killer, (laughs) but the like, again, sensationalism of uh, being, you know, copycatting these famous killings, but then the way that they are so intrigued by it and giving more attention to these heinous crimes of the past along with then mimicking them in what was the modern day, that was all really unnecessary and, and off putting for me. And I think you can still have the really good bits of the story without um, gumming it up with such grotesque objectification. Can I jump in on your things to, to um, uh, echo what you echo your point? Point us yes, to si- and point us to Silence of the Lambs, where there's sure. a there's a moment, I don't know, 15 minutes in the movie, where um where Jodie Foster's Clarice Starling is going to visit Hannibal Lecter for the first time, and she's being taken down by this by the guy who runs the um the asylum, who's a terrible human being, um, and that's been established in the, in their first scene. She's t- he's taking her down to the basement. He's trying to like scare her about Lecter, and he describes what Lecter has done to. I think it's a nurse who at one point had had to, he he faked something, and so he he like bit like he ate part of this nurse's tongue or some some disgusting terrible gross thing and he hands her a picture to show her what happened to this nurse and the the way it's shot is we see holly hunter holding the or sorry we see jodie foster holding the picture and we, we just we see the back of the picture and and jodie foster's face and and but we never mm-hmm. see the picture and it's, yeah. it's sort of doubly effective. One, it avoids the thing you're, you're describing where it's the sensation for sensation's sake. And two, our imagination is always so much – it's always fresh in our imagination, right? We, it's, never, it's never a thing. You can watch that scene you know, uh, every, you know, every year and it's going to be ref- the sa- same sort of amount of horror because what, what you're picturing is going to be worse than what you see. And I think that there's a movie that does in that scene in particular that does this kind of thing so much more – that, that avoids the thing you're talking about and is more effective for it. It's still effective. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. But comparing copycat to a good movie, is really not fair. I don't think. <laughs> Probably to either of them. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so let's talk about um, favorite parts then. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you want to go first? Okay, well, I have to tell you my favorite part of watching the movie, and then I'll tell you my favorite part of the movie. I was watching the movie with my husband, Tony, and it's the scene where Dermot Mulroney comes back with lunch, and he pulls out (laughs) the sushi and the tempura and all the health food, and this is better for you, and Holly Hunter's like, where's my damn cheeseburger? (laughs) And he teases her for a little bit, and then he pulls her cheeseburger out of his pocket. (laughs) And Tony goes, aww. <laughs> like it was. Like a cheeseburger. He couldn't think of a more romantic gesture than someone 
like a surprise cheeseburger out of their pocket. <laughs> Can I just say for the record, I don't ever want a surprise cheeseburger. <laughs> no, but now, now Joe knows what he needs to do for their next anniversary. <laughs> Absolutely. Easy. 79 cents. <laughs> and, and it's not a small cheeseburger either. He must have giant no. pockets. <laughs> Well, yeah, all the clothes in the 90s were huge. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, oh, but the, true. the greatest revelation I had at this movie, so it made it my favorite scene, was when they're in the, I don't know, the AV room and the commissioner shows up while they're playing that song and they're going over the lyrics. Do you remember this? Like yes, the, yes. I do, yeah. The Sting song, right? And they're analyzing each mm-hmm. and every line and saying, well, this is what that means, and this is what that means. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, well, does that mean that Sting is a serial killer? <laughs> like, he wrote this song. Like, the, the movie serial killer, he didn't write these lyrics. He just heard this song and, and played it or whatever, but... It's not like his demented poetry or his innermost thoughts or anything. Those are stings. <laughs> that must be the other Law & Order episode that we don't see. I we guess just, so. It's like Interpol going after Sting right. backstage somewhere. I mean, that's a great serial killer cover. If you're on tour all the time, you kill someone new in every city. Who's ever going to catch you? <laughs> that, that is pretty good, Joe. <laughs> Oh, God. So that was my favorite part of the movie was, oh, my God, Sting. (laughs) I mean, that was so stupid. When does that ever come up again, ever? It was really dumb. And it's and and it's it's I wrote in my notes when the music cue first starts, it's you're not in that room. It's just they're just playing the song like it's so like they've slapped it on the movie. And I wrote, what's this terrible music cue doing in this movie? (laughs) (laughs) It goes into the room and they're actually listening to it in the room. It's just, oh my God. It's, it's another thing that was somebody's quote unquote great idea that, that, Oh, it's just, it just doesn't work. It's just the way it's made. It just doesn't work. Right. um, And then the commissioner shows up. What was that? I thought she was going to get yelled at or get fired or, or something, but I thought there was, are they going to take her off the case? Do they not have faith in her? And it's just, don't talk to that woman who again is an expert in this. Yep. Like I did not not understand that guy. He was well, not. He was not probably my the one playing chess with her online. It's like pissed off that she beats him at chess, and that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's it. So, so the scene that I think legitimately does really work, and where I, I was the scene that was happening when I texted Eisen to say this movie's amazing. I kind of love this movie. There's yeah, a, there's I remember a, that text as well. Don't worry. It's <laughs> on you, record. You did also caveat though that amazing doesn't necessarily equal good. Well, right. So, so uh, there's. So there are things that I think were kind of like, what the fuck is going on? This is amazing. And then, but then there's a, there's a, there, there are a few moments that are subplots or things that I think do work. One of them is just seeing where uh, a, uh, a woman has been killed in, in a car. She's been shot in a car and the, our two detectives are, are on the scene and then they're on a, a 1995 cell phone, a giant, mm-hmm. or, you know, not giant, yes. giant, but a big cell phone. And, and so you've got Sigourney Weaver in her house cause she doesn't leave her house and the two detectives on at the scene. And Sigourney Weaver is, intuiting what they're going to find before they find it. Like she's, is, is, was anything playing on the radio in the car? Yeah. She's figuring out the pattern without being there, without seeing it. And that, there was such like fizz in that. Like I love that idea and, and, and these actors doing it. And that's what I want to see is the, 
TV show of Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver, where one of them doesn't leave the house, but knows all this <laughs> shit and like cut all the stuff where she's being or, or, or where, where there's no, you know, she's not actually being stalked by the same killer who's doing all this stuff, which is super stupid. But instead she, she thinks she might be being stalked by, you know, like she's maybe, you know, manifesting these fears mm-hmm. that she has that we, we, we then wonder throughout the course of the show, is this actually happening or not? But what you get are a lot of scenes of what you're seeing where she's making these, these, she's sort of doing the Sherlock Holmes thing from far away and like working through the detectives. And, and I, I found that stuff really in the moments when it's shown through in this movie, I thought that was working really well. I hadn't thought of that because by that point I was just so tired of seeing um, women's bodies. Uh, when you check you know, out of a found? movie, I rec- I know you check out of the movie. But I check it- out hard, <laughs> but, um, but hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah. And I I'm trying to think back through the procedurals that either I or my father enjoy, because between the two of us, we've watched a little bit of everything. I think mm-hmm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out is there one like that? You know, if you think through your mentalist and your closers and your, Mugs. is there one where there is someone who is. And monks, your monks, um, someone who is confined in that in in a way like that 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 is um, helping. But again, I think again, Joe, when you're here, I feel like our creativity just bursts, um, <laughs> and we should all start a writing group together and just <laughs> yeah, turn them I mean, out. The last sixty seconds of Tobin describing that scene were way more interesting than than anything in copycat in my mind. (laughs) Like, I I understand. It's a cool idea. I don't know that I was riveted to my screen while it was happening, but... What what about the agoraphobia, though? Because I kept forgetting. Yeah, Yeah. that seemed really... Hollywood like with the newspaper? Yes, and the the broom? She gets the broom to turn... Now, I don't I know mean, much about the condition, know, nor yeah. I, but that seemed but it really seemed like fake. If your home had been invaded, so I'm not saying in that moment. In the moment, I'm thinking of when um, the guy is in her house, the yeah. time that she knows for sure. So there's a time that it seems like someone was maybe there because the the nightgown on the bed is switched to her suit, which she would not still have that yeah, suit. Would by not the way. have that suit. Neither here right? nor there. Yeah. She yeah, would not have it. It would be in evidence for yes, one thing. Yes, exactly. And yes. then after that, she would not want it back, but okay. For the sake of whatever in that one, I, I, I did. Um, I, I believed that she thought she must've just done that accidentally. And, you know, I feel like there was enough kind of, creepy what's happening for that to be okay but when she sees the guy in her house like she knows he's in her house in that moment sure the agoraphobia may keep her from leaving the house to seek help but after that wouldn't wouldn't that shift like her home would no longer be the safe space right right Right. yeah exactly so but again i don't know enough about the condition or or the ways it tends to manifest to to speak to it it just didn't it didn't ring true to what i had been told about her you know fears and and such i I mean i mean it's a fear of open spaces right that's what agoraphobia is or is it crowds i can't ever remember i i think it, it think it could include either but i think in her case it's um 
yeah, anything outside her. I, I felt it was a very comfort zone oriented yeah. thing because she is yeah. in the chat rooms and she's playing chess and she's um, there are moments where she laments having a real life. I loved that in 1995, she was allowed to say, I miss sex. Yeah, not allowed right. to, but yeah. you know what I mean? That was written for her and, and, right. and, and it, no one, and it, and it was affirmed by her, um, by her close friend. Right. Um, so I felt it was very much a, a comfort thing. And then she lost, she lost that, mm-hmm. but right. didn't, that didn't shift her. I don't know. I did not like that. No, that didn't seem real at all. Mm-hmm. No. And, and what it brings one of my favorite slash least favorite, like terrible, but funny, terrible lines in the movie, which is as the, at the end of the movie, as she quote unquote conquers her fear and walks out of the roof of this, like walks through the door and is outside in this build uh, the, the, the building and the, the um, serial killer who's following her shouts, Hey, Helen, looks like I cure, cur- cured your agoraphobia, <laughs> which was an, like the, sh- the camera's not on him. So it, it feels very much like an ADR line they added later mm-hmm. to like for either to be funny or probably more likely because they thought they were explaining something for the audience or like closing right. the loop on something. And it's just laughably it's it's laughable. It's pretty it's laughable. Well, that that whole guy was he was really ridiculous. The serial killer, not Harry Cotter Jr., but the other guy, copycat, or I don't yeah. know if he ever has a name. Like, Peter Foley, D- D- David Foley, Daniel Foley, no, Peter 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 Foley. Yeah, uh, who cares? <laughs> he doesn't matter at all. Now, okay, Tony and I were arguing about this. Did he work at the police station? Because he he was in a crime lab, or he was in a lab of some sort, or was that his basement? But I swear he was in the police station at the very beginning. He's stealing sperm from that lab. Right. Uh, So that... But but no, see, okay, no, wait, hold on. I thought that was where he worked, and that was what gave him access to the sperm. Because at his job, like, they said he would have to be, like, tech-savvy and, you know, smart and have like a precise, like precision in his job or whatever. Yes, right. And so I thought he did work there. Work where? And, and that's how he stole the sperm at like a, a fertility yeah, lab. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lab oh, tech Oh, I thought somewhere. you said he worked at the police station. I thought he did work at the police station. I swear there is a moment at the beginning where they bump into him, you know, rushing through the police station. Was well, anybody going to watch it again to find out? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hear you volunteering. Yeah, that it could be. I, I well, and be. then he's got test tubes full of wiper fluid or whatever he's injecting women with. Like, am I making that part up too? I swear he was in a lab coat at some yes, point. That, that's whenever he's in the lab, he was of a beaker. That, that's the sperm that's how that he uses. Found out how we got because yeah. Because when they said there's two kinds of sperm, and I, I now that I'm thinking about it 24 hours later, I am assuming that both of the sperm came out of different test tubes. Yes. But yes. originally, I thought, okay, we've seen – because at that point, we had seen the serial – we'd seen the, the his basement lair thing. So we knew there was a guy, and I was – and I thought, how did he get that second sample? Like, I was real curious if that was volunteered or like, what his deal was. It was earned. Um. <laughs> right? But so then when you see him with his hairnet and, and 
lab coat on. I'm like, oh, okay, fertility clinic. That's where he got. But again, that was there was so long, and and I do enjoy when um, you know media of some kind doesn't tell me everything out loud that I'm I can discover some things or I can um, you know get get context myself. But this felt different. This was like yeah. a lot for me to have to put together. Yeah, exactly. This feels sloppy. It does not feel like. Yeah. You know, like it's giving you credit. Um, the the uh, one so another, in the, in the realm of missed opportunities in this movie, um, which addresses something that I don't think you brought up at some point earlier, which is that they they allude once briefly to this idea that um, that uh, Sigourney Weaver, that Doctor Hudson, has some uh, sort of culpability in in making serial killers famous by mm. by having these you know really by 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 mythologizing them in some way in these books that she writes even though what she's what she seems to be doing is is more sort of research and analysis and it's but but there's something there that I think could have been mine because to, to have that that apartment like she has to have sold a lot of books right <laughs> and 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 there's something that could have been again in my fantasy TV version of this thing that's something that is that could you could explore a little bit is how much does she feel any regret for having sort of made Cullum as famous as she did or made you know by, by writing writing the books that she has and and it's just it's just something that's you know the, the movie is not the way it's being made is not at all smart enough to do anything with that um but it's but i but i wish that it were i wish yeah, we, we wish that it floats. were indeed <laughs> I do too. Can we watch Hope Floats? I love that movie. Hope Floats. The two-year anniversary of the Contenders. We'll be back. Yes. 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 You heard it here first, folks. Or maybe how about this? Yeah, that's right. Can we record a Hope Floats discussion and have it um, as a bonus app for or for Patreon folks? Because uh, men wrote and directed it, so that doesn't really. Um, map up is, to our is, charge is, here. Is Sandy the the lead? Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, then that we, we could do that as a and, bonus episode and for sure. Gina as a Rollins, bonus, as a and then a one. young yeah. Abigail Breslin. I've never seen it. Oh well, yeah. I think I think a a bonus app is in the making. We, we could just do it right now. Away. We're two patrons <gasps> away from a bonus episode. So, oh my god, I'll get my credit card right now. <laughs> for, for as, if, for as little much as one, do you want? As little as one dollar a month, we could. Uh, from two <laughs> I people. can afford that. <laughs> <laughs> um, while we're on the subject, do who do I speak to about getting the? Uh, if you two reimburse me for having to rent this movie, or do I go to <laughs> this Cage on, Club? This movie's on people. Netflix. This movie's no. on Netflix. Yeah. No, it is. No, it not. isn't. I, I, I watched it on Netflix. Oh, Tobin shit. Well, then I owe someone four bucks. Yeah, I'm out four bucks too. Well, you should. So there's this there's this app for your phone called Just Watch. And you can I look, have Just Watch. If you look up Copycat on Just Watch, it. it will tell you that it's on Netflix. Because I, I thought this movie's going to be shit. I, never, I don't want to pay for this movie. I will see if I can stream it somewhere. And lo and behold, I could. On Netflix. It's called See, Just I was Watch. on IMDb, and the only option they give you is to rent it from Amazon. That's because uh, Amazon owns IMDb. Well, mm. I'm now putting two or two together. <laughs> it's a parent company. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, lesson learned. I'll take the $4 <laughs> hit. 
That's amazing. Who, they're getting residual checks right now because you two rented this movie. <laughs> and think about this. Between our two rentals, that's two-thirds of your $1 Patreon annual you yeah, know, there you right? go. contribution. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, next time, money folks, well spent. just give us the money. <laughs> um <laughs> I just looking at my notes. Um, I wanted to say something else about um, the uh, Peters Foley and his underground lair. Um, and and I I did uh, investigate slightly, as in I asked Josh a couple of questions. Um, not only was the animation stuff he was doing likely mm-hmm. impossible, like in a home setup oh, sure. at that time. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. It I forgot all about that. It would have taken forever. Yeah, with her face underneath the plastic, like morphing back and, and the forth, morphing, and yeah. that the shit. morphing yeah. of it all. Yeah, click, click a line of dots around her face, and then that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a. Yeah, I forgot all about but that. I, wow, I did love the balls screensaver. I remember that one on her computer. The what? Oh yes, yes, yes. We had that. Yeah, we had that. Like the 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 circles. So it was the one of the Windows um, screensavers. Yeah. On on uh, Doctor Hudson's computer at a couple okay. of points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is Iceland's back in '90s tech here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, 48 hours ago, I watched this movie. I, like, I have no, no memory of the screensaver. <laughs> the screensaver. Uh, so I do. So in so in my defense, <laughs> for, for kind of loving this movie is that I, I after I texted that. I then watched the last third of this movie, the last act of the movie, which is so stupid and so dumb <laughs> and, so, and is the movie that I thought the rest of the movie was. Like if you had asked me what's copycat, it's, I, I, would have just, I would have guessed at what, where the movie ends up as opposed to sort of where it is for me in the middle. And, and, and even to the, the point that there's, there's all these slow motion shots of people being shot at the end of the movie in, in ways that are, are, don't seem connected to anything psychologically or emotionally or narratively or thematically. It's just like, oh, cool. This guy, like the serial killer is being shot. Let's like slow it way down and have him have Holly Hunter empty her clip into this guy and right. like – Watch it happen in slow motion. All, what, look at the cool squib work we could do, and it's it's just so dumb. It's just so, and it and it and it does tarnish more, more than tarnish because it's really really bad. But it but it makes sort of me like the stuff I liked less, even though I liked the stuff that came before. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't like it. Um, yeah, you're on your own on this one. I'm afraid. Well, I, yeah, I, I, rec- I recognize that. I recognize, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I, I think I went in with such low expectations. Like I thought this was going to be horrible. And then the fact that it wasn't horrible and there were some interesting things and Holly Hunter's great and I love Sigourney Weaver and their scenes together are awesome. And it's like, oh, okay, so there's something here. And then like, oh, no, 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 no. Just kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I do think like like you've said, there are elements Um that are they're interesting or that work well and I credit that to um the you know the actors making something out of a little bit of garbage. Uh, um, out of very little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other other thing, last the last note in my notebook here, um, was just a, kind of taking it all into consideration the way um it starts off with Sigourney's first you know, giant trauma. And then she is, you know, sort of hunted and and tortured in various ways throughout it. And then Holly Hunter loses Dermot 
and then is also, um, you know, subject to all this, this violence at the end. But I just felt like, wow, do we have to traumatize both of these women so much for them to triumph at the end? That right. I just it felt gratuitous um, mm-hmm. to me. Gratuitous and is it, a great word for the whole yeah. end of this movie. Yeah, and re- just yeah. Then reminded me back of some of my complaints of aliens about. Um, oh dear. Yeah. No, I don't. And I don't want to relitigate. Are your one year anniversary? You want to re- relitigate aliens here? I now? don't want to relitigate. I'm saying it just reminded me of some of my feelings there. Um, and that's all. You reminded and, me too of of my feelings of how well that movie deals with her and her trauma. And I as disagree, opposed to this movie. but now you're the one <laughs> relitigating. Um, yeah, nice try. It, nice try. What? You brought it up. I know. We just I'm gonna go. We're gonna have to <laughs> agree to never speak of it again. I guess. I feel like I've ruined your anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I've never listened so to the sorry. comic okay. of it all again. I, I mean, I have a way to remedy this. <laughs> Tell us what it is. Would you like to play a game? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This game is called Badass Switcheroo, <laughs> which is also the name of my memoirs. Um, as we've I discussed. I love that you have more than one. <laughs> oh, yes. Volumes one through four. Yes, of course. I mean, come on. If Mindy Kaling can have two memoirs before 40, so can I. Fair enough. And I do. I love her. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, so, Better Switcheroo is. Yeah, because um, she listens witch- to the show and is going to be pissed. You hit the show. <laughs> no, I just Remember? don't want to. Our I don't sincere want to be on apologies, for- <laughs> Mindy, if you're listening. <laughs> Please forgive me. Okay. It is a would you rather style game. As mm-hmm. we have commented, um, or at least I have, uh, I love these two uh, actors. I love them when they're playing together in this. And they've both been in some some great work. And they've both been in work that we've discussed before. So my question to you is I have several pairings here and I'm going to ask you, would you rather see Sigourney Weaver play the Holly Hunter role in this movie or Holly Hunter play the Sigourney Weaver role? Mm. Um, And then um, I will allow for a why so that even if you both pick the same answer, I can still decide which one of you is the winner. Okay. In which one of you gets the points? Okay. Yep. Okay. Is okay. there one round of this game? So I have or multiple five, rounds. I have five oh, scenarios okay. and then Great. a bonus. So there will be a winner and then there'll be one for pride. Awesome. Okay. 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 So the first one, um, as I said, we've we've done movies with both of these um awesome actors in it. So would you rather see Sigourney Weaver in Home for the Holidays, or see Holly Hunter in Aliens. <laughs> Holly Hunter in Aliens. That's my answer. Why? I mean, Sigourney Weaver is a formidable presence. She's seven feet tall. She's been through Alien already. She knows what she's getting into. Holly Hunter is five feet tall with her sweet 
Virginia accent. Uh, I just can't imagine that movie, and I'm dying to see it. She's going to crawl up into that, that cargo loader and take on the queen at the end? That's phenomenal. All right, excellent. Toad? I would love to see Sigourney Weaver in the Anne Bancroft role. Oh, <laughs> double switcheroo. Get home for the holidays, which I think she could she could she could do. Agreed. I agree. She absolutely could do it. Um, I'm going to have to give the if point- you're going to cheat. I yes. mean, if you're <laughs> yeah. going to break the rules. The, I guess the point to Joe there because I was thank you. I was more intrigued to see his after he described it to me. Yeah, um, I, okay. that's why I went the cheat route because I knew I couldn't beat that. That's, <laughs> I would I would love to see that movie. I mean, Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver in Home for the Holidays would just show up and get annoyed and slap somebody and go back to her life. <laughs> Which actually like, she's the, not putting up with all of that stuff, right? And that, that might be the version Island would rather see of Home for the Holidays. <laughs> I was just exactly. going to say. I was just going to no say one that. one gets turkey juice dumped on them. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. God. Like, I'm fucking out of here, people. <laughs> okay. Would you rather see Sigourney Weaver in The Piano? Or, <laughs> or Holly Hunter in Gorillas in the Mist. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I, uh, I guess Holly Hunter again, but it's only because I can't imagine the other. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think of Sigourney Weaver as a vulnerable mute demure <laughs> sort of character which is why she would need to play the harvard cattail part oh, okay well again <laughs> yeah no <laughs> with the, with the... <laughs> uh, that's my answer yeah yeah <laughs> okay this time tobin i'm gonna give you the point for cheating i would watch her absolutely 100 percent. because then that would get them in the same movie again Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, right. If, if mm-hmm. you cast Sigourney as Harvey Keitel, then you, you still get um, Holly Hunter. <laughs> I feel like Sigourney Weaver could play all the Harvey Keitel. Keitel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this next one might be my favorite. <laughs> Would you rather see Sigourney Weaver, or really hear Sigourney Weaver in The Incredibles, or Holly Hunter in Dave? Oh, oh, I would rather, oh, I'd rather hear Sigourney Weaver in The Incredibles. I think it would change that part a lot, but I, you know, I cannot imagine Holly Hunter (laughs) in Dave. See, I was going to pick the opposite because I can't imagine anyone but Holly Hunter as Elastigirl. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see Holly Hunter as the first lady of the United States. Oh, there you She's go. She's from Virginia. It's a swing state. <laughs> Am I go. making that up? Is she from Virginia? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you said it with such authority twice now that I, I'm, I'm <laughs> believing you. I just uh, believed you. I will. I will. I think I will she and, and Kevin she, Klein she's would from, have fun she's together. From, she's from Georgia. Okay, well, it's right next door to Virginia, almost. <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> you know, it's the same region. 
I don't know. I, All that right, one, well, I take it back. That one is tough for me. I agree that I just can't see anyone else in the Sigourney Weaver role in Dave. But I also agree with Joe that Holly Hunter would be a great first lady. So I am going to give mm-hmm. you both the point on that one. Ooh. All right. All right. Here's the throwback or one, I guess, one of the throwbacks. Would you rather see Sigourney Weaver in broadcast news or <laughs> Holly Hunter in Working Girl? Oh. Uh, Sigourney Weaver in broadcast news. That would be amazing. I'm gonna end, s- of, end of reasoning. <laughs> I, I'm going to go the other way. Then I would like I'd see Holly Hunter in Working Girl. <sighs> I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, she'd have to wear lifts in her shoes, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it would be scrappier. Like it'd be scrappier. Yeah, I, I can't it, imagine. Wait, Weaver. is she playing the Meg Ryan part or the Melanie Griffith part of Working Girl? Are you going that route? Because that I could see. <laughs> yeah, no one has cheated uh, enough. So we'll give that point to Joe. <laughs> okay, all right then. Uh, then, yeah. then finally, except for the uh, except for the tiebreaker, of course, or the um, one for pride, <laughs> the final movie one. Um, would you rather see Sigourney Weaver in Raising Arizona or Holly Hunter in Avatar? <laughs> oh, Holly Hunter in Avatar. Holly Hunter in Avatar. For sure. For sure. Oh, but that means you have to watch Avatar that's again. Exactly so what I'm going to say Sigourney Weaver in Raising Arizona. How could, how could you watch Raising Arizona with Sigourney Weaver in no, it? No, I can't picture it. How could you watch Avatar? But I know yeah, she would make really point. interesting that's choices. It would point. be really interesting. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention she's playing the Frances McDormand role. <laughs> Makes complete okay. sense. Yeah, I have. I you have me there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait. Who, so who gets that point? I mean, it's I obvious, mean, but you need to say it so I can make 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 Joe a ding. Gets the point. Uh, so that means so Joe has won two. the game. <laughs> yes, that was a did. tough game. However, <laughs> there is a bonus question for Pride. Okay. Okay. This is the TV edition. Would you rather see Sigourney Weaver in Saving Grace <laughs> or Holly Hunter in Political Animals? Holly Hunter in what? Political Animals. It was a, um, sh- I want to say short, short series short-lived, TV. Yeah. With, um, okay. I'm, you just cut out there. That's all. The recording oh, cut out. Um do we have to pick? <laughs> I don't think Holly Hunter's show was very good. I never saw it. And I've never heard of Sigourney Weaver's show. So, Greg Berlanti's show. Oh, boy. With uh, Ellen Burstyn. I have not seen it. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd, I'll just pick one then. I'd see Holly Hunter in Political Animals, not having seen it. But I, let's oh, have, no. let's see her. That's uh, absolutely the wrong answer. I pick the other one. <laughs> Whatever well, you know, it was. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen either of them either. Um. So I think we should we should all leave with our pride. How about that? All right. That sounds fair. 
I, I'm not sure I have any pride after having liked this movie, though. So that's. <laughs> Now we're at the point in our podcast where we decide if this movie is progressive or regressive. Is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind your camera? Your camera? The camera. <laughs> God, it's late. It's late. <laughs> Joe, what do you think? Oh, uh, gosh. I mean, there aren't really enough women behind the camera to say this is a step backwards and this movie was bad, but not because of Sigourney Weaver or Holly Hunter. <laughs> um, is it a tie? Is it neither? I don't really know. This, this didn't send me into a fury of, you know, why would they treat women this way? But it also didn't say, Hey, look at these great work these women are doing. It was just sort of, meh. is that an answer? Yeah. I think that sounds like an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love what about you? I uh, agree with Joe in that I, um, it, Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver are great. However, for me, kind of the overarching, um, issues around the uh, you know objectifying the bodies of the um slain the victims um that were all women and um and some of the trauma and and all that that i felt was unnecessary and gratuitous um and because and i think that goes hand in hand with not having um enough women behind the camera i certainly can't call it progressive i can't say but look because of this piece of art we can now do something else or, you know, I don't, I don't right. believe it was a, a solid brick in the, you know, path to, I don't know, equity of anything. So yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly can't call it progressive. Um, I don't know that it was uh, egregious in a way that other things of that era were not, you know, I, uh, it was a little bit par for the course, I think. Um so I don't know. Am I allowed to say neither? And and if I'm not, like then, I, then I would say regressive <laughs> just because I don't think it, it moved things forward in, um, in any substantial way. Tobin? Yeah. So I like this movie more than the two of you. And I think I liked more the idea of it. And I liked, I liked that the, um, they didn't objectify the, our two protagonists they didn't they 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 seem to treat treat them as much as um you know the movie could given the movie it was with with dignity although what they made Sigourney Weaver go through with some of those um serial killer moments with both Mm -hmm. the in the past and in the present but in terms of like when they were when they were sort of I don't know they they seemed to they they held their own in in scenes that um you know in ways that I thought worked really worked but I do think the movie is regressive I think it is too I think it's too sensationalized I think it's too schlocky I think that they've it's the way the movie has been made it's not the characters in it and there's just too much uh, weighing on that on that side of things and um, so yeah this this I think this is a, a step back if nothing else that be, then because it comes on the heels of the success of Sounds 
of the lambs. And um, if that's some kind of step forward, which we could debate someday, this would for sure be a sort of a, a step backward. So yeah, I think it's, uh, I like it. I like parts of it. I wish it were a TV show of, of my own version, but I think it's regressive. <laughs> Isla, what are we watching next time? Um, next time, coming in two weeks on February 19th, we'll be watching The Hours from 2002. Which I've never wow. seen. I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. What? Yeah. What? No, I know. Why am I watching goddamn copycat? <laughs> <laughs> because well, because I... you love Harry Connick Jr., obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as Meryl Streep and Julianne Moore and Nicole Kidman. Sure, but you know, that's a that's a tough, yeah, tough yeah. to follow. I, yeah, you need a smarter person than me to talk about the hours anyway, so I will enjoy listening to that episode. <laughs> Way more than I enjoyed watching Copycat. <laughs> well, Joe, um, thank you again so much for joining us. We're sorry about your time and your $4. Uh, <laughs> we hope you can forgive us and you'll come back again, obviously, for the Hope Floats bonus episode. But um, for other, um, uh, you know, main main pod episodes as well. Um, Joe, oh, where, yes, where, absolutely. Can, uh, where can folks find you? Oh, uh, I am on Twitter at Joe Bullenbaugh. Uh, nothing very exciting happening there, but that's where you can find me. Or I guess you can find me here on The Contenders. <laughs> Every anniversary episode, I'll be here. Yes. <laughs> ruining it with a terrible movie. Tobin, how about you? Where can folks find you? People can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington. And I follow Conic of it all. So uh, we, you, you, can, you can also look for people there, too. Absolutely. Yes, please. Um, follow Conic of it all. It's, um, you know, there's not a lot there, but it's all, it's all quality work. It's all Conic though. It's all Conic all the time. <laughs> um, and you can find me if you feel like you have to um, on Twitter at sassy nerd MT. You can find us on Twitter at contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at the contenders a special thanks to our members who've joined at the marquee level or above, Carly B., Sean Flynn, and Jeff Addington. I, I have a special announcement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you can tell it's special because of the pause. <laughs> Building anticipation there. It's all about pacing. Are you not supposed to verbalize page breaks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. It is a new page. That's Special why, announcement. That's why I read so slow. I've been giving pause to each page break. Okay. <laughs> A uh, special announcement for our fans and friends and listeners and all of the above. Um, become a member today at the voting member level or above, and you can help choose which Sofia Coppola movie we're going to do first. Do we have a deadline on that, Tober? Yes, Island, we do. We are going to close voting on that uh, on the uh, on our podcast uh, when our podcast drops on the nineteenth uh, for the hours. So you have until February nineteenth to join at the voting member above uh, on our Patreon at contenders the contenderspod and uh, you can vote on which Sophia Coppola movie we're going to watch first. 
We here at The Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings over on Twitter at cageclubpod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. I'm Joe Bolenbaugh. I'm Aislinn Addington. And we'll see you next time on The Contenders. <laughs> I don't know who's laughing, but I... You were about to laugh. <laughs> I was fine. I'm laughing because you, you paused before saying your own name. <laughs> <laughs> She's big into the pauses. It's her thing. It adds a little drama. Whichever one of you edits Conic of it all is really going to have to deal with that, I think, on a. Oh, on the I mean, the followers are already piling up here ever since we announced it. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah. Ah. <clears throat> Now's the point in a prod. Hmm? Now's. <laughs> <laughs>